0: We're exploring the world of REITs. You're in the right place, folks, because this is where the money is. Welcome to the show, folks. I am David Hansen, joined today by full contributor and editor of the Intelligent REIT Investor Newsletter, Brad Thomas. Great. Great great to be here, David. Thank you. Uh, So, yeah, I mentioned in the intro, exploring the world of REITs. This is something we talk about on the show occasionally. We usually focus on the big banks, though, the payments industry. Uh, But I'm really excited to get your thoughts On the REIT industry, some couple companies that we can get on our radar. But I just wanted to kick it off. If someone out there, one of our viewers, one of our listeners, has no REITs in their portfolio, What's the case for them to have some REITs in their portfolio?
1: Sure. Well, it's, it's all about the income, David, and, and really it boils down to the dividend. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, REITs are forced by law, and let's, let's, let's emphasize forced, to pay out 90% of taxable income in the form of dividends. Right. There aren't many asset sectors that have that type of fundamentals where they're forced to pay out. So obviously what's, attracted to, uh, what's attractive about REITs today is dividend and, and, and fixed income.
0: What about a, a younger investor, maybe has a couple decades to retirement, they say, hey, I don't need the dividend income today. Is there still a place for that in their portfolio, can you still get growth with with REITs as well?
1: Absolutely. Well, we all know about the power of compounding. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is you don't have to take the income. You can reinvest it, much like a free ATM machine. Right. So certainly compounding is important, but also growth. What we're seeing today, especially for the younger generation, we went through the Great Recession. Everybody experienced it. So we're seeing a recovery phase. So now's a good time to get in while property values are starting to climb back up now.
0: Right. Um, So for someone who doesn't have it, Maybe they're saying, okay, sounds good. I'd like the dividends. What's a a REIT out there today that is easier to understand? Because some of them can have complex corporate structures, properties all over the place. What's kind of a good REIT uh, for a beginner?
1: Sure. Well, I I typically uh, advise people to look hard at the triple net uh, sector, triple net REIT sector. And triple net meaning that the landlord... Uh, does it the, the tenant pays for the taxes and the insurance and the maintenance? Those are the three Ns that we call triple net. Right. And so I like that sector a lot because there's a lot of a lot of there's not a lot of management involved in that particular asset sector, but also they've got very durable incomes. Some of those REITs, uh, three specifically, went through the Great Recession and never uh, decreased their dividend. In fact, all three of those increased the dividend. Yeah. Uh, those would be realty income ticker symbol O, uh, National Retail Properties, three Ns and NN and WP Carey who ticker symbols uh, WPC. All three of those REITs not only survived the uh, Great Recession, they increased dividends during that period. So looking at a couple like realty, and we've talked about them before, occupancy rates,
0: very impressive, increasing dividends over time here. But when we saw interest rates move up last summer, the REIT sector, realty income included, took a hit. So is that kind of just the, the game you play with REITs, even though the business can be doing quite well? it's still dependent on the interest rate environment? Sure. I think it,
1: what really happened, you know, May almost a year ago, almost mm-hmm. May 22nd, yeah. when, when the taper uh, Fed came out and we had the taper talk. Uh, so what really happened, I think, is the market really uh, looked at the triple net sector specifically and, and thought they were bonds. Yeah, They're not bonds. They look like bonds. They have long-term contractual leases, so they look like bonds from that perspective. But this is real estate. So their rents do rise, unlike a bond. The the, the rents for these uh, long-term leases, they do rise, uh, not as not daily like self-storage or hotels, but they do rise. So I think we saw the sell-off, and it's really created a lot of opportunities. Uh, I put a lot of my uh, clients and investors in the triple net sector. uh, Even even today, there's some really good bargains today. Uh, Looking at the triple net
0: sector, but also the universe of REITs, uh, one thing that always comes up is you can't value these the same you do as a a consumer goods company, where you look at price-to-sales, price-to-earnings. You look at funds from operations, why is that in the REIT sector?
1: Well, obviously, you, you, when you look at, uh, at real estate, there's a depreciation component. So you've right. got to factor back in that depreciation to make it an apples-to-apples apples comparison. So you can't compare realty income to Colgate-Palmolive. Right. Now, you can in terms of dividend safety. Col- mm-hmm. Colgate's been paying them for 40 years, realty income for almost 20. Um, but but yes, you're right. There there's a, a metric that you must use, and a lot of investors get confused with that PE multiple. This mm-hmm. is the normal uh, valuation metric for a non-reit security. So funds from operations is definitely uh, what we use for our research. Right. So if you're looking at price to earnings, it's going to look much more
0: expensive than looking at adjusted funds from operations.
1: That's correct. You got to look at the actual cash flow and what the re- what the return is, what the dividend is paid out, mm-hmm. and we also another metric that I look at a lot is the is the uh, uh, Dividend payout ratio, right. and that tells us how much of that those funds from operations are being paid out in the form of dividends. If you've got too high of a number, that's, that's scary because you're paying out too much of your capital. You don't have enough money to pay those dividends. So mm-hmm. we'd like to look for each sector is different, but we certainly look at those two metrics: the funds from operations and the payout uh, FFO payout ratio.
0: Great. Um, moving on to another REIT. This is different than uh, the triple net sector. We've talked about it on the show, and that's Campus Crest, and it got on my radar just because. The business model is kind of cool. I mean, they have the properties, the different uh, campus communities that they build across the country, really. Uh, So that's what got it on my radar. Uh, I think it was the last earnings they had. There were some questions about what management was doing uh, with a recent acquisition, how they were accounting for collecting rents. Um, I also saw some reports of some just... Interesting things about the management in, in their personal lives, alleged. Uh, is this a REIT that you've looked at? And, and what are your thoughts as a whole on, on Campus Crest?
1: Sure. I love the sector. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've got multiple kids, and one of them's in college. So I understand that business model quite right. well. Um, yeah, so Campus Crest is not the largest. You have American campus uh, communities, ACC, which is the largest. But Campus Crest, uh, they were, the risk was already baked into that model. Uh, this company is a development-based REIT. They do a lot of development. Uh, around the country now. They're expanding quite a bit. And so when we looked at Campus Crest over the years, they've they've already, they've they've always traded at a lower multiple because Mm -hmm. of the development risk that they have. But but more recently, last year, they acquired a company uh, up in State College, Pennsylvania, uh, called Copper uh, Beach, I believe it is. And um, it took on more risk, they took on debt. So we've really seen more of a sell-off in, the, in that stock. So it's, it's really priced at a, at a really attractive point today. But I gotta warn investors to make again, cover that dividend, make sure that dividend is covered. And that's mm-hmm. certainly something I'm gonna be looking for at the next earnings call to make sure that this company is, uh, you know, is safe and that dividend is safe.
0: Right, so even though they have all of the development aspects, so they actually own the properties, develop them, manage them to some extent, I think, uh, that 's not necessarily a great thing. It might be better to just be a pure play reIT owning the properties, and that 's it right
1: yeah, somewhat and, and you know, again campus crest I, I, I think they 've got very solid uh, really solid business model. Um, but when you look at a higher dividend like that, I don't know exactly what the dividend yield is today, but it is it is somewhat of a riskier proposition. So um, I would warn investors not to just chase the yield with that specific security and look real hard at the, at the revenue behind it and the debt and make sure they can manage the debt because they have taken on a lot more debt of late. And, and looking at, at REIT yields,
0: if it's a higher yield, is that – can you basically say that the market's pricing it as a, a riskier company? Is so, that fair to say?
1: Sure. Some call those sucker yields. Yeah. And certainly, um, you know, just because you're chasing yield, uh, I, I warn investors, especially in the mortgage REIT sector. Right. Um, there's a lot of leverage, again, baked into those that pricing. So um, I, I, I tell people, David, I really for a retiree especially, I really think mortgage REITs are not, should not belong in a retirement portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, they 're very volatile, so I look for those companies that that have uh, long term earnings trends uh, They are able to move forward and increase their earnings over time, and that they 're not as volatile uh, right. these, these are the blue chip companies and we 've mentioned some of these today Real estate income would certainly fit into that category
0: right so I, I wanted to touch on the mortgagery space because we talk about that extensively, looking at the big yields that 's going to get on people 's radar I mean annually capital eleven twelve percent American capital agency eleven twelve percent. So do you see their business model as it's not as, it doesn't have the same moat as a realty income, where they, can, they own these physical properties, not many people can just start a company today and have the, the economic moat that a realty income does. So you, you favor the realty incomes of the world, even though they have a lower dividend yield than the mortgage.
1: That's correct. And again, I, I think you've got you've to ask yourself what kind of investor you are. Right. are you a, I'm a value investor. Uh, But there are market timers, and there's nothing wrong with being a market timer, getting in and getting out at the right time. A lot of the mortgage rate investors are market timers. Mm -hmm. Frankly, right now, there's some really attractive mortgage rates out there. Um, if you're a market timer, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, a, there's hundreds and thousands of investors who are investing in mortgage rates, especially the preferred shares today. Mm-hmm. The preferreds are very attractive. They're a lot safer because uh, those get paid before the common, and everybody else, that's why they're preferred. Mm-hmm. So I think there is some opportunity in, in mortgage rates. But I just caution investors to make sure n- they know what they're buying. Um, I, I, I like buy-and-hold stocks that we can hold on for a long period of time and watch those dividends compound and those, those gains grow over time. All right, so you can maybe sleep a little bit better with a realty income than an analyst. Exactly, uh, anyway. exactly. That's why we have realty income in my sleep well at night portfolio. There you go. Uh, acronym for Swan. <laughs> all right, that is that's all the questions I had for you. Is there is there anything else that's that's on your radar
0: recently? A company that you found interesting? You think is particularly attractive now? Just anything at all?
1: Sure. Well, I, I think a lot of people have been looking at this di- this data sector, digital mm-hmm. realty. Yeah. It's really been an interesting stock. We watched it over the last year. It really had a m- multiple gyrations between the market sell off, between a short that came in. Uh, some botched earnings calls. <clears throat> Did the CEO just leave? The well? CEO just left. Um, and so we don't have a CEO yet. And so, uh, but I think we'll find, they've got a search committee. The board's going to find a CEO. I really like that company. It's, uh, they, they have increased their dividend for about 10 years in a row. Again, it goes back to the quality of that dividend. Yeah. Um, they are the largest in that space. Um, they're, they are global. Um, they're, 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 they've got investment grade uh, balance sheet so all of the fundamentals are there with that company but again, that's another company you've got to caution you've got to know exactly which sector you're in um, you know, it's, but it's, it's, it's a very evolving sector and there's, gonna, there's tremendous demand for data today and I really, so I really like that stock and it's priced at a sound value it's not a bargain like mm-hmm. it was a few months ago but I think at around $52 a share today they're, they're definitely, I think, a safe bet all right. Well,
0: Brad, thanks very much for being here. I think everyone will find this very informative. It's a space that we should probably spend more time on. There's millions of different companies in there, or tons of different sectors. I mean, you have digital realty in the digital space. You have industrial REITs, retail REITs. It really spans uh, the economy here, so very interesting. Right. All right. That is our show for today and for the week. You can find us on Twitter, at TMF Financials. You can also shoot us an email, WTMI at Fool.com. We will see you on Monday.
1: People on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear.